Hello and welcome to the Blue Band Podcast. If you're looking to get inspired and learn more about water sports, from surfing to scuba diving, kite surfing to swimming, then this is the podcast for you. Every two weeks we'll be interviewing incredible sportswomen and all-round mermaid mavericks who are breaking barriers across the world to dive deep into the strategies they use to progress in their sports so you can improve your resilience and get inspired for your next session on the water. We'll also be talking about sustainability, representation and inclusion in water sports, new equipment and advice on where to travel, as well as connect with each other across the world. My name's Charlotte, I'll be your host for this podcast, so hello and welcome. So let's dive into this week's interview. So today we're very happy to be joined by Janelle, a South African scuba diving instructor who has a degree in marine biology and is currently living in Cape Town. Janelle also surfs. She is a coach for the Iron Water Foundation where she helps connect children with the ocean and she also teaches underwater photography classes. So welcome to the Blue Bound podcast, Janelle. Hello Charlotte, thank you so much for having me. I think it's absolute wonderful opportunity having to speak to you and yeah see all the empowering stuff you've been doing cool thank you so much so I'm really excited to here's my pun dive in <laughs> the questions I got it in there so starting with something positive um maybe you could tell us what's been your most fun or happiest most memorable moment um diving so far Yes, definitely. Um, That's definitely a positive question, also a really big one. The ocean brings me so much happiness and so much joy. I actually grew up about eight hours from the closest ocean in a very small, yeah, little landlocked town. So every opportunity I had where I went to the beach, that just blew my mind, especially as a kid. Um, One of my favorite most memorable moments I would say was when I was around 11 my dad took me on a discover scuba diving course in Sedona Bay I put on a cylinder for the first time I breathed underwater and the life I saw when I submerged beneath the surface was just incredible Um, after that I bugged my dad for about two years to do a open water course And ever since then, I've just been hooked on scuba diving and the ocean and seeing all the colorful life in there. Mm, That's really cool. It's really interesting that you grew up so far from the from the coast, because I think a lot of uh, people who have uh, careers in um, the ocean or marine biology or these types of topics, it seems like they've been um, they've been since they were born in the ocean. But actually, it can be the opposite, right? You can actually be from quite far away. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's never too late to learn new things, learn new skills, explore new environments. Um, I only moved down to the ocean in my first year when I started studying marine biology. Mm, That's very cool. That's so inspiring for someone who's thinking about changing their careers or thinks that they maybe they can get into a new sport. That's that's good news. (laughs) Um, So for people who don't dive, it can seem like there's a lot of equipment you mentioned cylinders and training um what kind of advice would you give to someone who's thinking about starting to scuba dive and is maybe anxious to start and and kind of get over all that tech equipment side of things yes um 
I have had a lot of students in the past that they are a little bit nervous. So for scuba diving, you actually don't know, you don't need to know how to swim, um, which which is very interesting to like you are being put in the water, but it is a totally different experience. A good way to start out, I would say, is by doing something like snorkeling or free diving, where you learn to get comfortable in the water first. You still wear some equipment like a mask and fins, but then when you get more equipment at a later stage, it's just a little bit easier. You have to worry about a little less equipment and you're also more familiar with the marine environment, how your body flows in water and that type of stuff. Mm, that's a good tip thank you um so for somebody that is thinking about um diving what would be the first uh the first skills or courses that they should take are are there any names of courses they they should look out for um any particular organizations or uh, what should they go for if they're thinking of booking in for something if anybody's thinking of starting their scuba diving journey Definitely the step to go, I would say, is doing a course like the Paddy Open Water course, which Mm -hmm. allows you to, you can do the course anywhere in the world. And the standards are set that after that, you can dive anywhere up to 18 meters deep, which is incredible. Okay, so you could do, could you do that kind of course? You don't have to do it in the ocean, right? You could do it in a lake or can you even do it in a swimming pool? You can. So the first part of the course starts in a pool or any confined water area. And then you Mm. slowly progress to do four dives in open water, which can be a lake, a quarry. It can be the ocean um, to get you more comfortable in an open water environment. I actually did mine in a very, very cold freshwater lake um, up close to Johannesburg called Bass Lake. Mm hmm. It's, it sounds it sounds cold you said it's cold water yes it was definitely cold water it went from about 18 to 14 degrees with the just a very sharp thermocline they don't really give you any hoods or gloves so they just throw you in and be like go dive go do your skills <laughs> that sounds like an experience um so I can imagine you probably Throughout your journey, you've had to face lots of new challenges, including diving in cold water. Do you have any tips on how you push through challenges? And could you maybe give us an example of a time where you were facing your fears and what techniques do you use? Like, for example, do you have do you have any sayings that you say to yourself, or do you do any kind of mental training before you do something that could be challenging? How do you manage it? I guess when it comes to being in a marine marine environment or in a career like marine biology where it's also quite like male dominated it is very nice having a strong empowering group of water women around you um, whether it's in the marine science space or scuba diving free diving I am very very lucky to have so many amazing women in my community who are there who support me Cape Town is just so incredible when it comes to all the water women. Uh, They're from all walks of life, all different careers. And I just know whenever I'm facing a hard time, I could talk to any one of them, get their advice. Um, Yeah, so very, very lucky to have that. And I would 
definitely recommend if anybody is ever going through a hard time, support will get you through it. Um, which is also what I love about the Bluebound com community you created. It's so many empowering women and the stories you share. It's truly, truly inspiring. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's definitely one of the objectives that we have is to to connect people. Because I, I think for me, it's the same thing that um, if you have people who are going through a similar experience or someone who's been there before, if you can just ask a question, they can let you know how they dealt with it or they can be more mm, sympathetic if they're already they're already in that sphere. Um, so, yeah, it's really interesting. And um, we actually interviewed a few weeks ago um, Jeannie, who's a surfer in Bali. And she also said something similar about finding finding a community to um, that you know where you know that you'll be supported. Um, so yeah, that's really cool. Thank you. Um, and just before we started recording this podcast, you mentioned to me that you do underwater hockey, and I'd never heard of it before. So I was wondering if you could explain to the listeners what underwater hockey is and. Um, <laughs> If they could get involved in it, how does it work and your experience of doing it? Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, just for the people out there. So it is a real sport. Um, it is very fast paced, intense game, but it's absolutely amazing. So the way you play it is you have a mask, a snorkel and then some fins and you have a puck that is very similar to an ice hockey puck. So round and flat, it sits at the bottom of the pool and you have a what looks like a shrunken down little um, field hockey stick, about 30 centimeters. So the aim of the game is to try and score a goal at the other end of the swimming pool. And the entire game is played under the water on the bottom of the pool. So a lot of breath holding, a lot of swimming and sprinting, um, a lot of contact, but it provides great fun and it's absolutely great training for free diving as well this sounds so fun um and how long does it last the the game um so it depends if you play a national level game it's normally about 10 minutes on a side and international games is about 20 minutes on a side where you have a little five minute break in between and the timer stops when there's any penalty shot so it would be a full 40 minutes of playing that's so cool thank you for introducing me and probably a lot of other people to the sport because um I didn't know about it before um so well talking continuing to talk about being underwater I've also studied marine biology and you are also a skilled underwater photographer and I saw on your website that you have some courses on how to take good underwater photographs so I wondered if you had any tips for more maybe more experienced or the certified divers who are listening who are more comfortable in the water and they want to get into um, taking photos in their local area whether that's you know in a in a lake or, or in the sea um, do you have any tips on on how to get into it whether there's any specific equipment or any other tips on I don't know lighting or angles or about the composition or anything like that do you have any tips hmm that is a tricky one um underwater photography it's something so so personal and everybody is on a different journey a different stage in their life but the best piece of advice I think I can offer 
is that the camera definitely does not make the photographer. I started out having a little GoPro, which I just took terrible blurry photos on. Um, but it was definitely worth it because the reason I kept taking the photos was to show my mom, who was standing on the beach. She mm. never was able to dive with us. So just to show her, I had to see the look on her face um, when she saw these amazing underwater photos. Cool. So, yeah, so kind of um, you approached it from the perspective of sharing your adventures with the people who hadn't come with you underwater. Yes. Um, so after I got my GoPro, I upgraded to a little advanced compact camera, uh, Olympus TG5. And it's actually the camera I still use um, for my underwater photography or most of them. It is super versatile and lightweight to travel with and the quality of the images are just as good as somebody with a DSLR camera. So mm -hmm. definitely the camera does not make the photographer. It is what you do with the skills and the knowledge you have of your own camera as well as the ocean because um, when you're taking photos underwater, you really need to know your subject. Um, if you want to shoot nudibranchs, for example, you need to know where to find the nudibranchs. So mm. having a good knowledge of the marine environment around you and just how the settings of your camera works, that's definitely the way to go. That sounds, yeah, that's good advice. And I have a question about the word that you just said. You said taking photos of nudibranchs. Nudie yeah, what, what is that? Ah, uh, nudibranchs, they're actually amazing. If anybody else out there doesn't know who that, who that, um, what that is, then I would definitely recommend Googling nudibranchs. They are basically very colorful sea slugs. And <gasps> I've seen these online. They're so cool. Yes. Tell us more. Tell us more. <laughs> okay. So they can be anywhere from about like five millimeters to, I've seen some ones in Cape Town. I would say it's like 15 centimeters. Whoa. So big variety of shapes, sizes, colors, and for any macro underwater photographer, they are a dream to go see and to go spot. Cape Town is amazing because I think we have over 400 species of nudibranchs. And wow. throughout the world, there are thousands. So if you like nudibranchs, you can literally travel from place <laughs> to place just to go look for these colorful sea slugs. That sounds like a cool objective. They're, they kind of look like... Um ordinary on land slugs who have like dressed up and they're going to a disco right hey <laughs> I, I like that yeah it's really cool I always say they look like little pokemon yes like pokemon yeah really cool I love them cool um so yeah thank you for those tips that was really cool um so as you as you mentioned about blue bounds that our um our mission is to um empower as many different um, kinds of women and girls across the world, no matter their age, ethnicity, size, um, ability, disability, for everyone to be able to get involved in, in water sports and, and have fun. Um, so I had a question for you about um, diversity in diving and maybe also um, in surfing as well, because I know you surf. Um, so I was wondering what your opinion was on, is on how to make these sports more accessible for people with different backgrounds um maybe in particular for women do you have any do you have any ideas or any thoughts on the topic so to make 
I know scuba diving, it is quite a hard sport, I guess, just in the sense to make as inclusive as possible to everybody. Um, more and more women have been dominating the scuba diving space. Um, and also they show up their male counterparts on courses and things, which has been amazing. Uh, being here in Cape Town, seeing all these groups come up in scuba diving, in marine science, where it's women forming small little communities, meeting up, having book clubs. It's been quite amazing to see. So, yeah, I just think you have to find that community and try and talk to as many people as you can and share some of their experiences, see how it fits into your journey and just learn from them. Mm. I think it's interesting what you're saying about how there are lots of little communities popping up because I think one of the one of the frustrations that I had was that I was buying magazines like kite surfing, wakeboarding magazines and I wasn't a few years ago I wasn't really seeing many female athletes in the magazines apart from in the adverts or there'd be like one or two uh small picture somewhere and I was thinking why are we not in these magazines where where are we (laughs) and I think maybe I mean this is an assumption but I think that lots of people are realizing that maybe it's a bit too much of a struggle to get ourselves in the publications or the groups that already exist and so we're just making our own groups um and 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 just kind of self-organizing in that way um, which is super empowering and there are so many groups that are popping up at the moment on Instagram and, and Facebook it's really really cool to see. That is actually very very interesting I've never thought about that in that sense that if you can't yeah if you can't like join them then you just make your own little group your own community which is amazing in Cape Town alone um, for surfing there's so many women surfing groups um, I'm part of two uh, for free diving, we have a Cape Town Mermaids little WhatsApp group. So, yeah, um, I think it's quite amazing having all these communities pop up. Yeah, it's very cool. Cool, cool. So, final question. Janelle, what do you think uh, diving will be like in 10 years' time? Do you have any any predictions on how it will change? Do you think it will change um, in terms of equipment or the types of people involved or um, visibility or any other ways you can see it changing? Hmm. In the next 10 years, I would say scuba diving is going a lot more in the tech direction. So Mm. there's a lot of very cool new um, advances in technology coming out. Uh, Last year, they brought out a helmet with little air canisters inside. So the only equipment you would need is just fins and this helmet, and then you can go scuba dive. Wow. So, yeah, it was, it's very, very cool. So I would like to think scuba diving is going a lot more, a lot more like sleek. You don't need as heavy equipment and weight belts. Um, and yeah, you can explore deeper depths. Uh, yeah, that that's pretty much it. That's cool. I can imagine maybe in like 50 years time then there will be some technology where 
your air canister will be like as small as a watch <laughs> and you can just you can just put on your watch and uh, go dive if it gets smaller and smaller <laughs> that would be quite amazing <laughs> that could be cool cool um so thank you so much for joining us today Danelle it's been such a pleasure yes thank you so much for having me thank you If you like this podcast, then why don't you come join us at the Blue Band community? We're the first global community for women doing any kind of water sport all over the world, and everybody is welcome. We offer advice via online articles and videos, a buddy system so you can find a friend who does your sport, ways to connect in person via our trips to Barcelona in Spain, discounts for clothing and equipment, and exclusive interviews with inspiring pro sportswomen. So come join us. Find us on Instagram at Blue Bound Community, or you can join our waitlist on our website. So see you there.